0: Welcome to Nats Talk on the Go, episode 136. Uh, A little later this episode, we're going to talk about the Washington Nationals clinching their third title in five years. We're really looking forward to that, and so soon we'll play our normal podcast intro music and use that to regroup, get excited for the playoffs, and talk about some Nationals news. But first, obviously, uh, we're going to take some time to talk about the devastating news out of Miami this weekend that uh, Jose Fernandez, one of the brightest stars in baseball, died in a boating accident this past weekend.
1: Yeah, this is the number one story in all of baseball, and it's probably going to end up being the number one story of the season, regardless of what happens. Um As Joe just said, one of the brightest stars in the entire game, that the game's seen in decades, um, lit the baseball world on fire with not just freakish ability, but with life with personality with joy with passion uh tragically just ripped from this planet way too soon in just a horribly tragic boating accident in miami saturday night early sunday morning um just 23 years old it's it's horrible um there's so much that can be said about the person that is jose fernandez um, so much has been said already, and so much will be said. Um, I know we've talked before and we've been asked questions, you know, who would you want to be? what player uh, would you want to be for a day? and I'm pretty sure at one point I said, I want to be Jose Fernandez i
0: I remember that conversation i've been thinking about it the last couple of days, and I was definitely going to bring that up um, because I think I said Clayton Kershaw. Um, and I said Clayton Kershaw, and you said really. And I said yeah. It's like, well, you're gonna hear mine, and you're gonna realize you made a huge mistake. <laughs> and you're like Jose Fernandez. I was like, oh, duh. Like, yeah. of course that's the answer. Like, and I, I changed, mean, and I changed my answer immediately.
1: Yeah, I mean Jose Fernandez, he embodied what we as fans felt watching the game, and he he showed the joy that we experience watching our team play and win. He had that enthusiasm. He had that excitement. Uh, the GIFs and Vines and videos that have gone around on Twitter and online over the past few days, um, just showing him just not excited for his own accomplishments, but excited for his teammates' accomplishments, excited for his opponent's accomplishments. Right. Um, I mean, that just goes to show his character so much. Um, and just show how much he not only loved baseball, but he loved life. And he just showed what baseball can be and what baseball should be.
0: I mean, he and, defined the Make Baseball Fun Again movement. Like, that, right. everything that he that Jose Fernandez did was about just, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, a Cuban defector who's now playing baseball and am just having the time of my life every single time that not just what I'm pitching, but – when I'm not pitching, just being at a ballpark from going and, and sitting outside uh, his dugout after he pitched in Los Angeles to watch fireworks, or uh, from freaking out when uh, Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run in the middle of a game uh, in the middle of July after his team was already out of it and freaking out in excitement because his teammate just hit a home run to tie a baseball game.
1: You Catching know? a Troy Tulowitzki line drive up yeah. the middle like it was nothing. Right. Troy Tulowitzki asking him in the middle of the game if he caught it him with the biggest grin on his face saying uh-huh yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah i mean just he it's not that like oh i can't show emotion because you know i got to be the player he was just he, he all of the emotion was out there for him and um we all got to take that in and enjoy enjoy him enjoying it and that's what made it so great it wasn't the fa- the fact that he had one of the best sliders in baseball and he had a ridiculously good fastball um, and that he can work the two of them together to just carve hitters up and be a Cy Young contender uh, this season. But um, just the fact that he had so much freaking fun doing it—he—he he got into a you know a brawl or if you can call it that where Chris Johnson kind of like tried to attack him or something uh, after he hit his first home run and he just like the bench is cleared and he's in the middle of it just laughing. I mean, yeah. he's like, yeah, I just had a home run. I watched it. It was awesome. Like, w- just that kind of personality. And it wasn't like in a, in any sort of, I don't believe it anyway in, in, for most cases, but it wasn't disrespectful. It was like, I'm playing a game, and it's so much fun, and I'm really right. good at it, and I'm going to have fun at it. It, it was just a,
1: a, a whole different thing. Right. He made it okay, and he... He is the kind of player that every team wanted, every fan base wanted. He was appointment viewing, not just because he was the second best pitcher in all of baseball, but because you saw how much fun he was having, and that made you want to root for him every single time. Even when he was carving up the Nationals, which he did every single time, because he was insane. Um, it was just, it was hard to root against him. Cause yeah. Because he was, he was just such a good person. He was genuine. He had been through hell and back. Yeah. He had come from Cuba. He had been jailed in Cuba for trying to escape three times. He had tried to escape three times. He had been jailed in Cuba. He was in jail with someone who had killed seven people.
0: And he was a teenager.
1: Yeah, he was 14. Yeah. When he was 15 and he was on a boat in the Gulf of Mexico trying to make it to Mexico, someone fell off the boat in the middle of the night. He jumped in without knowing who it was to save them. It ended up being his mother. Yeah, at 15 years old. Yeah.
0: This wasn't, I mean, this was a, a remarkable man in so many regards. And this isn't something that he, it's clearly not something that he, Figured out later in life. It's just it was the kind of person that he always was. So to watch him sign autographs for for kids and then the kid asking for the kid's autograph and then taking it out of it, asking the parent if he could rip the kid's autograph out of the the book, the autograph book, so he could take it and take it with him. Like what what player is doing that?
1: What playing? Uh playing with Brian Schneider, former Nationals catcher's son who has, I believe it was cerebral palsy, yeah, for hours and hours and hours on end without being asked. Right. Just because he wanted to. Yeah, it was that's the kind of person he's he was an amazing young man and the fact that he was 23, his girlfriend was pregnant. Yeah. It's just it's a devastating loss for his family for his mother, for his grandmother, for his teammates, for the community of baseball. And that's one of the things that has been most amazing about the last four days. You've uh, One of the best tweets I saw over the last couple days has been, you saw 29 teams that would have given anything, any amount of money, any trade, anything, to be able to face Jose Fernandez the next day. Oh yeah. And yeah, it, that was a great that was a great tweet. Because it wasn't about that. It's about the person. And it really goes to show how much baseball is not about really what's between the lines, but what's outside of it. With the people, the personalities, the interactions with the fans, and about at the end of the day, it's about having fun and making a positive impact on people's lives. And that's something that Jose Fernandez did every day. And that's something he is still going to do every day, every single day.
0: Yeah. Dave, Dave Cameron's piece on Fangraphs about that was awesome. Talking about how, you know, his, his son's two years old and how, when his son is old enough to know what baseball is and, you, you know, wants to show, uh, a great slider, he's going to show videos of Jose Fernandez, but not only that, of his celebrations and his joy of the game and, and kind of show this is how you're supposed to enjoy the game of baseball. Like, be, be like this guy. Because this is, this is the model for how you enjoy
1: baseball. Right. It's, and seeing the impact he's had with his death on other players... Not just his teammates. Right. Well, obviously not his teammates, but everyone across baseball. It's staggering. The tributes, I mean, they're sincere. The respect this man had, none of it comes from how he pitched. Right. None of it. Right. Which, if we're being frank, he is going to go down as having his two years, which really it was two years – were two of the greatest seasons you could have.
0: He was inc- insanely good. His, yes. his two full seasons.
1: I mean, insanely good. Yeah, it's, uh, there's, I mean, if you want to put it into perspective, he's got the best home record ever. Right. Ever. It's, he's got the best pitching record by anyone his age ever. Right. The best statistics, it's he's up there with Clayton Kershaw and uh, Pedro Martinez. It's it's insane. And so when you talk about. We were robbed of seeing greatness. We weren't robbed of seeing greatness. We got to see it. Right. We got to see one of the best pitchers ever. We didn't get to see it near long enough. Right. But we got to see it.
0: And you mentioned Pedro, Pedro, and I believe it was on TBS, talking about how Pedro said, this guy, he's better than me. Like, yeah. this, this kid was better than I was. Like, there's no question that he was better. Like, and for a guy like Pedro Martinez, who is a great analyst, and certainly not, um, I don't think anybody would call Pedro uh, humble. I mean, he is humble, but he also knows how great he was. Um, for him to say something like that was I think yeah is, this is a man is really who, saying something
1: who put up what a two ninety three e r a plus one season or something like that it was it was so, very very high, so anyway um i I'm devastated, yeah. It's heartbreaking, and I've cried every day about it, yeah, i do there are tributes I have saved on my phone that I have not been able to read grant Brisby's. Uh, comes oh, that, to mind. I um,
0: sobbed at my desk reading that.
1: There are several. I just haven't yeah. been able to touch. Uh, Dan Lebertard's uh, on the impact of the Cuban community. Um, and that's one that the the Cuban community, I mean, this guy was an icon. Right. I mean, just look at the attendance at Marlins Park. 30% more attendance at Marlins Park when he pitched. Yeah,
0: that I saw some somebody when they posted that. I mean, the Marlins aren't known known for drawing, but when one guy pitches and it's that much higher, that speaks volumes. I to, mean,
1: just and to to be able to to get the Cuban community, which is so prevalent in Miami and so baseball centric, to come out and to have this connection with the American major leagues, um to kind of bridge the divide when Cuban American tensions are easing, uh, it's huge. It's enormous. Uh, and and it's just, he was an icon for the community and just look at, I mean, uh, the starting pitcher for the nationals Wednesday night, Gio Gonzalez, uh, Cuban heritage. I mean, he was born in Florida, but I mean, He's Cuban through and through. I mean, he just devastated. Yeah, and I mean,
0: and the night of the first game that the Marlins played afterwards, they the Marlins are playing the Mets, featuring obviously Yoan Cespedes, who is Cuban, and just watching you know the two teams grieve and just watching Cespedes just the pain. The it's such a small community in Major League Baseball. And to lose someone like that, there are connections there between those guys because there just aren't enough of them. So watching that, it was just crushing. One of of the many, many crushing things about the last, what, 72 hours or so since uh, events have started really uh, happening and tributes started happening.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I... I know we're not speaking very eloquently about it because I mean, we're not that good at it, (laughs) right? but I mean, he was, he was amazing. He was brilliant. He was a unbelievable pitcher, but he was an even better person. And I'm just completely wrecked that we don't get to see him. Um, Watching the video of his last appearance where he dominated the Nats. Right. I mean, I I love watching it. Yeah, me too. It's great. And
0: I love watching Barry Bonds, like, get all up in his face, all excited. I mean, it's just, it's such a cool, such a cool thing. I mean, one of the better starts of his career.
1: Uh, He was awesome. So. um, Of a
0: very good career.
1: Yeah, I... I wish I could say more, but i just I just can't it's just it's tragic i'll never forget jose Fernandez i'd say he was probably my favorite player to watch
0: There were a lot of nights where uh, the nationals weren't playing or um, they were there was a the, the nationals matchup wasn't something that I was incredibly excited about, and I saw that Jose Fernandez was pitching, and i'd watch that game
1: i mean i I, I
0: did that um, with some regularity, a few times a year, at least. Um, it was, he was must watch television just, and like we've talked about, not just because he was going to pitch really well, but also because he was really entertaining and really kind and really fun and brought out the best in people around him. I mean, it was just a, he was a great guy to watch play baseball in every way. And yeah. way. um, so on that note, uh, there's been a lot of conversation about um, Jose Fernandez and uh, awards being named after him or possibly winning the Cy Young this year. And let's be clear about one thing. If, if Jose Fernandez won the Cy, the National League Cy Young this year, it would certainly not
1: just be ceremonial. He it would really absolutely good. not be. <laughs> he, was he, really was, he was already top two, three.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was probably going to finish top three anyway. Yeah, maybe 4, but probably top 3. Right. Um and so uh, if you're if you are a voting member of the Baseball Writers Association, are, are you voting for Jose Fernandez as your number 1? I probably would. Yeah, I would too. I I don't think I think there's a certain point to which you can't separate the emotion right. um from and it. the message, the impact and uh, the
1: narrative and I think yeah.
0: Baseball Writers will be very open to that as well. I mean,
1: I listened to a podcast just today that said, quite frank, that uh, Major League Baseball and the Hall of Fame should forego the ten-year requirement and make Jose Fernandez eligible for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and like, I, not not that he should be in the Hall of Fame, right? Just that he should be eligible because and then, and then let people based vote. on his career, right? Like. If you take his career, I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? He gets into the Hall of Fame, <laughs> right? Really, and you have to learn about Jose Fernandez as a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, and he gets and he gets a plaque and all of the great things that he did get 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 featured in Cooperstown forever. Like I don't think right. I
1: way. mean, the guy was Looney Tunes. His pitches were like they were in like a fifth dimension. It yep. was crazy. Yeah,
0: it absolutely absolutely was.
1: So. Um I I would like to see some tribute going forward. Uh I know the Marlins have retired the number sixteen already, which is a very good move on their part. That's a great I would gesture
0: not, to do so quickly
1: too. I would not be surprised to see uh players in the future, uh Aled Mestia's, um, even maybe even Gio Gonzalez wear the number sixteen in the future. For sure. For sure. Um as a tribute, um, just based on the impact. Uh I would like to see, and I've seen it mentioned, uh, some type of award, uh, for, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. Joy of the game. The
0: spirit of of the game award or something. Something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, named after Jose Fernandez. Yeah. Um, I would, I would like to see that. I know there are a lot of awards in baseball, but I think that's something that should be celebrated.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think, uh, Harry Pavlidis, uh, tweeted a thing about it and said they should do it this year and they should give it to Adrian Beltre.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: And I think that would just be such a cool, a cool thing to
1: do. Um, And I think
0: that some sort of thing, I think there'll be enough of a push that major league baseball will
1: do something about that. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Because he deserves to be honored and I, he's one of those players. I don't think his memory will fade.
0: Yeah. I don't think this is people reacting in any way, you know, in an over-the-top way. This is a, a huge loss for, as you said, Craig, a few times, the baseball community, and I don't think this is something something that's going to be uh, easily forgotten, including when uh, Fernandez er, with uh, Fernandez's Marlins, I should say, come to D.C. for the last series of the year.
1: No, uh, tribute should be there. Um, much love should be shared. Yes,
0: hug a Marlins um, fan.
1: Yes, hug a Marlins fan, cheer, and... Tell them you love them because this cannot be easy for them. No. I can't imagine what they're going through right now, trying to finish the season after losing their heart. Really?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, um, is that about sum it up?
0: Yeah, I think so. I
1: think so. Thanks for uh, sticking with that, uh, everyone listening. Uh, let's talk about some nets. All right. Let's roll the intro. Here we go. Talk On The Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going to dead. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk On The Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it.
0: Well, all right, we're here at the uh, the Nationals Talk part of Nats Talk On The Go. Um, so let's dig right into the, the Nationals finishing up their regular season and making their postseason push. Um, there's still a debate for home field advantage between them and the Dodgers. That is going to, looks like it's going to go down pretty close to the wire towards the end of the season. Um, but unfortunately the, I think the big news at the moment is,
1: uh, injury time, man. (sighs) Injuries are piling up and it's getting to be clinch time. Yeah. For injuries. Um, Danny Murphy's still not playing. Bryce Harper's still not playing. It's starting to get a little nervy. Yeah. Uh, and on top of all of that, Wilson Ramos. Yeah. Uh, that's which
0: that that's frustrating on so many levels, um, because Ramos Ramos was having a career year. He was one of the offensive linchpins for the team. He um, was entering free agency and to tear his ACL in his right knee for the second time is just, oh, you just got to, you feel bad for the guy before you feel bad for the team. But I feel real bad for both of them because it's really tough.
1: Yeah, it's. Awful that it's come that his big issue, his entire career has been can he stay healthy, can he stay healthy and he stayed healthy all season long and had the biggest year of his career in had the biggest year of his career going into his payday, his probably one payday.
0: Yeah, right. He's a he's a thirty year old catcher. I mean,
1: he's a thirty year old catcher. You get get one payday when you're a thirty year old catcher. His one payday, where he would probably get four eighty.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was thinking four or five years, sixty to eighty million dollars. That's kind of where I figured he would have gotten
1: going into next season. And then in the last week of the season, with your team having it locked up, right? Tear your ACL. For the second time, it's just heartbreaking. A After pitcher. a career offensive season, too. Yeah, it's and, it's
0: and having another uh, having a year where he has sh- really showed what he can do when he can see as far as ability to feel balls as his uh, game calling got better, his pitch framing got better. I mean, yes, pitch, Nationals pitchers love throwing to Wilson <laughs> Ramos. I
1: yeah, mean, they love and. It. and I will take that, Jess. Thank you. Eli is most certainly coming. Yeah, I, it was, that's a great reference. And he is definitely not an inveterate womanizer. <laughs> nice. Um, no, it's my heart aches for Wilson Ramos uh, that he is not going to be able to help the Nationals in the postseason, uh, but it also hurts that he's going to into uncertainty uncertainty uh, this offseason season. Uh, where it looked like he was in for his his moment. I mean, his deserved moment. Him and Matt
0: Weiders were going to be the be the catchers. They were going to be the catchers that all the teams that needed catching were going to go after. Uh I mean, it was a, it was going to be a huge market for him to have two uh, you know, offensively competent catchers going on the market at the same time. I mean, it, it's really and he still enters free agency, uh, but unfortunately it's going to be with a, a pretty big asterisk for him. And You, you just got to feel really bad for him. You got to feel really bad. Um, but the impact on the team is huge. I mean, well, not only does um, it mean that they're going to have to have uh, lobatone or Severino in the, in the lineup every single day, but it also means that Rhineserman and Danny Espinosa are going to have to move up in the lineup, which is not ideal with how those two are heading at the moment. Um, it just the way it shifts things around. There's no benefit to the Nationals. I mean, just in just in any way. It just it's, and it's not just in losing Ramos. It's for what it does to the rest of the team.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a a trickle-down effect that is less than ideal. Um, And
0: Ramos, having caught all the games that he caught this year, he he caught 131 games, which is
1: crazy, and a huge, huge, huge number. And he's been incredibly durable. It's not like this is a, a nagging injury.
0: No, he's been, he has been back there almost every game, like, for a vast majority of the games of the year. And the byproduct of that is, and this is a huge thing going into the postseason, the pitchers have only thrown to him, basically. They have, they've caught next to no, uh, Lobaton and Severino have caught next to zero games with any of these pitchers. There are a lot of pitchers who have not thrown to any of those guys, some of them in maybe one or two games. So that is a huge thing going into October where you're, uh, pitching-catching battery has to be on the same page. I'm not saying those guys can't get on the same page and that they haven't been connecting and working on that. They obviously have. But it's, it's one thing to work on a strategy, and it's another thing to throw 110 pitches to that guy every five days.
1: Yeah, um, you, no question. You work it out in-game, and it's, it's a huge thing. It's huge. And then you've got... Uh... And that's to say nothing of lobatone's offensive production.
0: Which is uh, lackluster, to say the least, plus he's got a bad ankle and elbow. Um, yes. Or I shouldn't say bad. He's been struggling with nagging injuries on those things all year.
1: Um, so my question to you is, and I know we're probably going to get into this a little bit later, um, with the Dodgers, three of their four pitchers in their now set rotation being left-handed pitchers, Pedro Severino, his actually, his stats against left-handed hitters, although in the minors, are way better than Lobotone's against left-handed pitchers. Are we going to see Severino I, instead of Lobatone?
0: I don't know if we're going to see him instead of. Um, I do think that there's going to be platooning that happens, and I think that it's going to be a pretty heavy platoon. I think that Severino is going to be... if. If the pitcher is comfortable with pitching to Severino in the playoffs, I think, and I think Dusty will give deference to the pitcher in some ways there, I think Severino is going to start some playoff games for sure. Um, and I, I personally think Severino is the best option to be starting in the playoffs.
1: I think so too, especially you've got Kershaw and Rich Hill starting games one and two. Yep. And I like Pedro Severino as a rookie more than Lobotone. Offensively, yes, I do too. I think he's a solid defensive catcher as well, but I just, I trust the offense more, and he's healthy.
0: Yeah. If, if we knew that Jose Lobatone was playing on the same health level, I might be having a different conversation. Um, not saying that I would be overwhelmingly for Lobatone, but I think it would be way closer. Um, but the fact that Lobatone is dealing with the elbow and uh, the ankle. And the ankle being a bigger deal now, uh, according to things in the uh, it's a, well, some reports in the elbow. But you're a catcher. Elbows and ankles are pretty important. And when you uh, are having those issues, and uh, your offensive production is certainly certainly leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I think Severino is the best option as long as he can get on board with the the pitching staff as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that's something I'm going to be looking at pretty closely in the next uh, couple games, because we've seen Severino get some actual time here.
0: Yeah, and and, and as well he should. And um, the the other point that I wanted to make is, as far as, w- with the loss of Ramos, as far as non-pitchers by value, I think you're talking it's Daniel Murphy, Bryce Harper, and Wilson Ramos. Like I think those are the three most valuable non-pitchers on the team, um, and... With an argument that even at this point, Trey Turner could be there just on speed alone, but uh, Wilson Ramos had huge value for the team this year. Uh, it's just, it's irreplaceable, and then you, you're you going to need guys to step up. Right. Big time.
1: And so add that on top of uh, Bryce Harper's thumb. Yeah. Which, do we want to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about it. Do we want to talk about Sunday because you were a little uh, upset? I had I a little, uh, little something. Um, you got a little angry there on the Twitter. Yeah, it's – do you want to set it up? Okay, we'll set it up. So uh, Nationals are playing the Pirates in Pittsburgh, and there was a play at third. There, actually, excuse me, there was not a play at third. Right. And Bryce Harper was coming in, standing up, no problem. And Jung-ho, I believe it's pronounced Gong, uh, not Kang. It, it, it,
0: well, it is certainly not Kang.
1: Yeah, it is. I believe it's Gong, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he did a fake tag. Uh he kind of mocked de- a, de- a deke tag, I yeah, think they call it. I, I was going to
0: say a deke tag is a pretty good ex- explanation of it.
1: A deek tag at the very last second, and Bryce Harper bought it and kind of stumbled into a slide. At the very and, last second. Yeah, and looked super awkward and kind of jammed his thumb. He was pissed about it. Dusty Baker was pissed about it. The Nats were pretty angry about it. Not a very classy move, pretty um softball move yeah for sure um i know in certain softball leagues that's actually not allowed yeah you'll get the
0: it will be i don't know if it's an injection but the runner will be called safe for sure and it, it, like a player could be kicked out of the game for it
1: yeah so. um so that'll tell you a little bit about that rule um obviously we've seen uh outfielders do deek moves we've seen uh, fielders do deek move kind of things, but, uh, usually it's not on a slide and it's not kind of last minute. It's, uh, normally like a ball's actually coming and you pretend it's not. Right. Um, not, not when it's not actually coming. Right. So it's, it's usually when there's actually going to be a play. Right. So I don't, I, I thought it was kind of Bush League, and I know a lot of people did. Um, and so uh, being angry about it, obviously the quote-unquote unwritten rules of baseball, which have been discussed ad nauseum everywhere where baseball has written and been talked about for the history of ever. Um, A.J. Cole, uh, when Gong came up next time, threw behind it. And up, and it was it was higher. Yeah, uh, threw behind him. Immediately got ejected, and the benches cleared. And for some reason, Sean Rodriguez, who had an unfortunate incident last year with a cooler, I believe he took a bat to a cooler. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he used it as a punching bag. Actually, okay, I don't I don't remember the incident, but it was someone going okay. Yeah, Um, he got really angry. Uh, and at Jason Worth, and I know, uh, I believe Cervelli was also, uh, pretty heated and, um, things settled, but, uh, it was a little bit weird for the rest of the game. Um, and I know you got pretty upset about it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I made quite a few comments about it. Uh, the first point that I want to make is I totally agree that it is total Bush League what Kong, what Gong did. Like, you should not do that on a baseball field. That is terrible. It is going to get guys hurt. You can't do that. You just can't. Uh, At the same time, it's... The unwritten rules and retribution of baseball drive me insane. It is the exact opposite of everything we talked about earlier in this show, uh, of trying to make baseball fun and enjoyable. Like... Once that My argument is, once that happened, and Harper got hurt, I was just as angry as everybody. But there's no way that Kong didn't know that he had done something wrong in that moment. There's no so. chance. You can't take back the incident. Right. What does retribution get you besides bulldog, uber-masculine mentality <laughs> of, oh my god, this is... The worst thing that's ever happened and we have to take retribution now and we have to hurt somebody because our guy was hurt. And it's just, like, I get the argument that, okay, if if we throw at the guy, then we'll make sure it doesn't happen again. This situation where the Nationals player got hurt, hopefully the Pirates player goes, hmm, yeah, I'm going to go apologize to those guys. As apparently he tried to do. And, uh, before the whole incident happened and Harper didn't want anything to do with it. And I don't blame Harper. Oh, I didn't hear about that. And I don't blame Harper because he was hurt. So I wouldn't want to hear, if I was just hurt, I wouldn't want somebody to be like, Hey man, sorry. Like I would be pissed, but Kong did go try to apologize, uh, about it. Apparently, uh, Bob Henley talked about it at some point. It was on the radio broadcast. Um, and he didn't want anything to do with it, which again, I understand, but, this was not a malicious act. The guy realized he did something
1: wrong. I agree. I agree that he realized, and I'm sure that the pirates knew that it was a bush league move, totally. and that and that they would were going to correct in house as well.
0: That's the in house correction that you want. The unwritten I, rule of you know that guy that guy was getting back in the clubhouse after that game, and wh- whoever the veteran on the pirates, Andrew McCutcheon or somebody, was going to go up and say, "Hey, man, you you can't do
1: that." Right. Like, I. I do believe that would have happened, yeah. and I'm sure it did happen. Oh yeah, no it question. Did happen, not happen, because that's not English, right? Well, it is English. It's just bad. It's just poor. Um, but uh, that's the
0: thing that that got under my skin about it. I don't so disagree that it was your bad. issue
1: came with the further escalation and not leaving it as it was.
0: Exactly. Like you leave it as it was. You you have the conversation with the guy. You you have you know you have Bryce Harper or you have Daniel Murphy talk to Andrew McCutcheon between innings, and you go. Hey, man, come come on. You know, and then they go, and Andrew McCutcheon goes, yeah, man, we're going to deal with it. And then it's over. Like, it it doesn't have to be, you hurt me, so I need to hurt you back. Now, maybe the whole point was to just scare him and throw behind him. The point was never to hit him. It's very possible.
1: that's, That's where I think it was. I do not think there was any chance A.J. Cole was going to hit him. I think if A.J. Cole, who his command was just fine all game. Right. I think if he wanted to hit him, he would have hit him. And yes, it was high. It was not head high and it was several feet behind him. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, I get the sending the message. Uh, If there's a way you could know, I wouldn't have as much of a problem sending the message. Just like as a visual message, I'm not going to hurt you. But like, honestly, if the unwritten rule became, if you did something crappy, I'm not going to hit you, but I'm going to throw it eight feet behind you. And that's your message. I would be totally cool with that. Right. I, I, I would be 100% cool with that.
1: That's where I saw it. I saw it as he's not trying to hit him because I think he was on point that day. And I think at this level, if I know it is difficult to actually hit someone, to change your mindset that much to hit someone. Right. But I think if he wanted to, he would have hit him. Um, and I think it was so far behind him that he clearly wasn't trying to hit him. Um, I think it was definitely message sending. Right. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, that he was immediately ejected. Right. Um, and that there were no warnings issued. I didn't see any warnings afterwards either. Yeah. I
0: think that's umpiring going, we know what's going to happen here. We're just going to leave it the way it is and maybe it doesn't end up happening. I kind of give credit to the umpires for not giving warnings earlier or afterwards, to be totally honest with you. Um, I, think, I think if it's a conversation between you eject A.J. Cole there versus you give warnings, I would eject A.J. Cole and not give warnings or not eject him and give warnings. I think it went the right way. Because it was a clear thing, it was a clear message you were trying to send, the Empire can't know if you're trying to hit him or not, and I would rather not have the rest of the game pitched under warnings. Yeah. Like, message was sent, it's over, move on. True. So, AJ Cole did the wrong thing, he got ejected, but nobody else is impacted.
1: Right. And I think that's how it should be. Yeah. And I I think I'm glad he did not hit him. I don't believe he was trying to hit him, because I think he would have hit him. Yeah, And I'm, I would rather him not hit him. Yeah. So. it. Yeah.
0: Like if, if the, like I said, if the unwritten rule actually became right throw behind the guy, but you're not going to hit the guy, but you know, the, the batter knows if it goes behind you, you did something bad. That's right. cool. Like that is the putting on the, for a public display that we
1: disagreed with what you did. It's guffawing. Like, like I see you. Yeah. I see you. All right. We see you. So um, exactly. I, I understand that, and justice was done. Um, Jason Worth, who was in the thick of it, he got the game-winning home run in yeah. the end, which was I, awesome. I
0: also want to say on uh, about Jason Worth. You mentioned this earlier, and I had not thought about this. Like, so Jason Worth all the time when is coming up on a ball that he's not going to catch, he puts his glove up like he's about to catch it, but does not catch it and lets it fall in front oh, yeah. of him. How does that lie with with this
1: rule of what Gong doing was wrong. Well, I don't think that is something that can hurt someone.
0: It could hurt in that they decide to... Like, I don't, I'm not comparing them. I don't think it's the same thing. Right, right, right. But I am saying, like, it is faking out a play. It is not, you know, <laughs> faking out the play in as if you're going to do something, but you don't. And then uh, a player could be caught in the middle and then get stuck and have to slide one. Otherwise, they might normally not normally have to slide, and they
1: get hurt. Yeah, that's just. It's similar. That that's too many variables. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's all. It's personal. all unwritten rules, man. Yeah, it's, ugh, unwritten rules are stupid. They are stupid. So let's move on. Let's move on. Um, so Br- at the end of it all, Bryce Harper jammed his thumb. There was a lot of concern that it was a a, a re injury to the same extent that he had last season, but it ended up being not severe. Uh, according to Dusty Baker, he could have played today. Uh, which is Wednesday, uh, but they wanted to keep him out, uh, probably because the nationals I would assume didn 't think this game was going to happen due to weather, uh, and even then, if it
0: did, they did not want those guys you know either Murphy or Harper on the fields because it 's wet and they 've got the thing locked up so exactly.
1: why do that right, otherwise you end up with another Ramo situation exactly so uh, and then Murphy has a strained butt which brings back shades of Jesus Colome. We pray for his family and his books. Wow.
0: Jesus Colome.
1: Yeah, dude. That's a throwback. It is. It's a beautiful one. Wow. So, uh, and Murphy is another one, was probably just about ready. Um, But hopefully we'll see him in the last three games of the season, get him some at-bats, get him back locked in, which... Like we said last week, he can roll out of bed and start hitting. Doubles. Yeah,
0: that's the benefit of of that guy. He doesn't take a lot to get ready to go. Murphy's ready to go basically when he he uh, enters the battery box. So uh, that will be, and I think that's a huge part to why he hasn't played really at all. They're not they're not worried about keeping him fresh very much, like at all. Yeah. Um, so let's. You ready to get into talking about some some playoffy things? Let's talk about some playoffy things. Uh, let's start with the pitching rotation in light of Gio Gonzalez's Wednesday performance.
1: Oh yes, let's do that.
0: Um, so there have been a lot of arguments lately that there, Gio Gonzalez should start Game One of the National League Division Series uh, for for several reasons, including mostly because the Dodgers are very left-handed heavy. Um, and Gio facing lefties, and and do not have very good splits against lefties. So if Gio can start game one and game five, it puts them at the best competitive advantage based on matchups. Um, Well, Gio Gonzalez gave up uh, at least three runs as of recording on Wednesday night um, in less than four innings pitched. Three and
1: two-thirds. Yeah.
0: Um, So... It's just the inconsistency of Gio Gonzalez. And, you know, we've talked about it, Gio, at length before as far as playoffs. I've said for a long time I thought he was going to be in the playoff rotation. Uh, Dusty Baker and Mike Rizzo have all but confirmed he will be uh, at this point. But what say you to the idea that the left-handed matchup is more important than anything?
1: I say there is a 100% chance he is in the rotation.
0: Right, right.
1: And I say 100% chance he should be in the rotation. Right. Um, I had some discussion on Twitter earlier today, and it was a little bit tongue in cheek. Uh, and it, I was talking with a friend of the show, James O'Hara, at Next Year DC. Um, and we were talking about how terrible the Dodgers are against left handed pitching. Yep. Um, and he had put out there. Uh, Geo should start game one. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Max should start game two and five. Okay. I'm okay with that. And he said, bullpen game four. Yeah. And I said, huh? And I responded to him. I said, only left-handed relief pitchers. Right. And he said, yeah. And I was like, huh? Yeah. I think the Nationals and I agree with James when he said this earlier uh, should have no less than four left-handed relief pitchers for this series.
0: For the we we talked about this a while ago.
1: And no less like, than four.
0: I'm, I'm saying five. Yeah, you could eat, You could do four without thinking about it with with wow. the left-handed pitching the Nationals have available.
1: Matt Grace instead of Belial. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, Sammy Salis is, is, Solis, Burnett, Zepchinski, um, who am I missing? Grace all, and all who? Perez. And Perez. Yeah. So you've got Gio in game one. You've got two innings, two innings, two innings, one inning. Any mix of those four guys, or any mix of those five guys, and then Melanson and Kelly thrown in. <laughs> Bullpen game four. You've got Max in game two, Max in game five. You've got Roark in Game Three, and you've got Ross and Reynaldo Lopez in there. Yeah, in the bullpen, in the pen. Yeah,
0: which is which. At this point, I think it's pretty clear is where Joe Ross is going to need to be for the first series, at least, because uh, I don't think there's any way that he's going to be able to stretch out
1: a full start. He's been very good in two inning, three inning bursts, and that's where they're putting him.
0: I think. I think there's going to be. I think he's going to be Yusmeiro Petit in the postseason. I think right. that's what they're thinking his role is going to be. Spot starting long relief kind of situation. Because I don't think there's any way with the way he's pitched that Petite's making the postseason
1: roster. So I really like that idea. Dusty Baker would never do it. Joe Madden would do it. Dusty Baker would never do it. Yeah, it's pretty unlikely. But I love the idea. On, and I am, yeah.
0: yeah on uh, Fangraphs today, Dave Cameron wrote an article about this exact topic yeah about uh we're going to see bullpen games in october
1: um, i mean the the dodgers are last in major league baseball against left-handers in average on-base percentage and slugging percentage and uh, last
0: dead last of the left-handed pitchers you have in this situation solis can do multiple innings zipchinski can do multiple innings Ali Perez can definitely do multiple innings if he's actually able to pitch. So that's three guys you know can definitely... Burnett can do multiple
1: two. innings. Burnett
0: has proven he can do multiple innings in the past. Hasn't, been able to, hasn't really had to since coming back from injuries, but he can do it. He's capable he's, of it. He's definitely come back after sitting, though. Exactly. Exactly. So you've got easily three or four guys who can do multiple innings left-handed, and then if you know you're doing that, you can make you can make a lot of moves around. You can bring in Joe Ross for an inning or two uh, or three if you want to do that at some point. If and
1: you, then you can have your eighth inning and
0: ninth inning guy. Yeah, yeah, it's a really uh, it's a really interesting idea, and I'd, I'd love to
1: see it happen. I don't I don't I see would, any
0: way that it does, but I would love. I don't love I to don't
1: either, but I the the thought is tantalizing. Yes, it is. But okay. I definitely think uh uh geo Gonzalez is lock, and I think if he has command uh hell, if he has control, the nationals will be doing solidly
0: yes, just throwing it over the plate, yeah, <laughs> that's really what he has to do um not saying all meatballs are going to work because they're major league hitters, but um. I think that it was a lock that Gio Gonzalez is going to be in the rotation before even it, that it was clear that it was going to be the Dodgers but now that it is it's a, it's a mortal lock. No doubt about it. Um so if you just said what you want it to be, what do you think
1: it's going to be? Uh it's going to be Max uh Roar it's going to be uh, uh, I think it's going to be Max Roark, Geo, probably. Yeah, I think so, too. and Max, Ro- is,
0: Max Roark, Geo, and then maybe they, they put Joe Ross in there, but I doubt it. I think it'll be yeah, those three.
1: I, yeah, I think it'll be those three as well, because um, I don't think there's going to be a rest issue. Um, but I would rather see Geo moved up, obviously, due to the Dodgers' issues that we just discussed. Yep, yep. I um, would rather see Geo pitch as much as possible, which is – Insane to say. Yeah, but Geo pitch in the game. What you're saying, two and four, two and five, two and five, two and five, one and four. I
0: I would
1: I would rather see Geo pitch more than less. Yeah, so fair enough. But it's not going to happen. I mean, I'm not saying Max isn't going to be amazing, but um, I mean, uh, Kershaw's Kershaw. Yeah. I, uh, I best selfish, pitcher in the universe.
0: I selfishly want to see a, a,
1: a Scherzer uh, and Kershaw matchup. I think that's yes, what it'll maybe. end up being, yeah. yeah. Just because um, it's good baseball. And then, so it'll be, uh, if anyone didn't see the Dodgers are lining up, Kershaw, Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda, and Julio Urias. It's
0: a very good rotation.
1: Yeah. yeah. Very good rotation. And hopefully Rich Hill gets a blister in his last start. And <laughs> yeah. it does not settle down. Yeah. He is very good.
0: Um... Anything else you want to hit on with this stuff before we get into questions? Because I know we're going to run pretty long today.
1: Yeah, let's just get to questions. Okay. Uh, All
0: right. Uh, See, now there's the pressure. I have to find where the beginning of the questions are. Uh, Fang wants to know, would you be for moving playoff games to an earlier time? Kids with bedtimes often can't stay up to watch the games.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think it'd be a, a... very good idea. It works Baseball out. Baseball makes enough money.
0: It works out well early on um, in the series that, with day games and stuff like that. But a lot of, but yeah, those late games can be really brutal, especially when East Coast teams
1: go west. It can I don't really even rough. like the day games because the day games are like at horrible times and they're just they're not good day games. They're like the mid afternoon day games that yeah, are they're crap at like crap for three o'clock or something. Yeah, like they're not good matchups because. Once it hits, like, 4 o'clock, 4.15 at Nats Park, the shadows come across, and it's just no one hits for an hour and a half.
0: Right, which is not what you want when you're facing Clayton Kershaw. Right. Or Rich Hill or any of those guys. Uh, Another question from Fang. You're given carte blanche to redesign the uniforms of the Nats. What do you change, if you change anything at all?
1: Man, I'd probably change something... Yeah, the only thing,
0: I like the Nats uniforms overall. I have really very little, very few bones to pick. The couple of just notes that I have about uniforms, uh, I would bring back the uh, interlocking DC much more prominently. Um, I would have a jersey with the script Nationals to, to counteract the script Washington
1: on the away jerseys. Yeah. And the... They haven't done the script... Nationals in a long, or script Washington in a long time, have they? It's all curly W's now, isn't it? I
0: thought it was, no, the Aways are still script Washington. Are they? Yeah. I, um, um, I if I'm wrong, someone correct me, but I'm pretty sure they are. Um, and then the, I love, love the Nationals blue jersey, but make the DC
1: white with red piping and get rid of the Stars and Stripes. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, I'm I'm okay with all of that. Yeah. But, yeah, I would like a, a home white with a red national script.
0: Yeah, I would love that. I would love. Yeah. I, would,
1: I would. buy that jersey. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds sure. good.
0: All right. Uh, Steve asks, uh, given that L.A. has set the rotation, what would our MLDS rotation be? You just heard that, Steve. Yeah. Uh, Fang, how do you dress for fall baseball where it can be blazing hot during the day and freezing at night?
1: Um, I actually responded to uh, the Nats blog father. Uh, the other day with this, uh, when he was having the problem in California, where it was, I believe 60 or in the fifties at night and like 90 yeah. in the day or something, I said they make these pants that have zippers turned <laughs> turn to shorts. Nice. Nice. So with those and a good hoodie.
0: Yeah. I, uh, layers, man, you just got to layer. You got, you got to suck it up and wear jeans when it's a little bit warm during the di- during the day. Um, and then, uh, yeah, gotta layer it up the t-shirt on the bottom, but have a, have a hoodie in the bag, uh, a a nice, a nice heavy hoodie, maybe, maybe a pair of gloves and earmuffs if you're like me, because I am that guy. Um, a couple questions here from, uh, from Steve, what is your reaction to the shocking revelation that according to Quizlet, uh, uh, Jay Worth's beard is Bryce Harper? Shocking. I'm... Shocked, I say. Um, who is the, Who has the best name on the Nationals roster? And Steve believes there is a clear answer to this. Who has the best
1: name? Yeah. I think it's Coda Glover. Uh, that's a good one. I'm going with Scrabble, man. Oh, yeah. Is that Chinsky? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. it's Just fun to spell.
0: Uh, oh. Beard wants to know if we're going to be blowing, growing playoff beards.
1: Um, I believe I will trim my beard uh, before the playoffs and then will not be doing it anything else until after the playoffs.
0: So, yeah, I'm going to do something similar, because here's here's my problem, uh, Beard. If I shave this thing off, it's not coming back until next season.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it
0: takes me a while to get to I have it. not
1: been sans Beard in, like, six years. Yeah. So I will – I'll give it a good
0: trim, uh, and then, uh, yeah, not not shave uh, until the uh, the the run is over in November. But – um, yeah, I uh, I can't shave it all off and start again because it
1: it this was
0: too much work. Uh, Steve wants to know what the best park is in Major
1: League Baseball, and I know we have the same answer to that. It's uh, it's PNC because we haven't been to AT&T well, yet. <laughs> I was going to
0: say, of the ones that I've been to, it's PNC Park. But as soon as ATN, I get to AT&T Park, that will, I'm sure, top the list according to what everybody tells me. Uh, and what is uh, the worst uh, other than Tampa Bay or Oakland because it's too easy?
1: Um, of the ones I've been to, pff, RFK. <laughs> good answer. Does that count? That's a good answer. Uh,
0: you know, of the ballparks that I've been to, I I can't say that any of them have been terrible. So I can't yeah. really
1: be like, oh, it's. I, I mean, so RFK is a really good answer. Even though I mean, I've been hard. to some bad ones, but they're not there anymore. Right, that's what I'm like, saying. Of like, ballparks. the vet?
0: Come on. Yeah, of the current ballparks, you know, teams do a good job with major league
1: ballparks nowadays. I mean, maybe the worst one I've been to that's still around is Pff, Cincy. And oh, I mean, you've been
0: there? I've never been there. I mean, and it's, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's just... There are not many, uh, not many real bad options. So, uh, right. in modern baseball, it's the, like, like you said, Steve, uh, Tampa Bay and Oakland kind of wrap up the bottom there. Uh, <laughs> Beard wants to know why won't at dog underscore rates rate Magnus?
1: I love dog rates. I don't know, probably because it looks staged. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Steve asks, what is uglier, the University of Oregon or Diamondbacks uniforms? I, I oh, mean, it's Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks right? no yeah. question. Yeah. Like, They're hideous. At least the University of Oregon has, like, Nike just makes them a new uniform every week because it's in Oregon. So at least it's got something. Like, Diamondbacks uniforms are just terrible. I was watching a game the other day, and I was like, at first I was like, what team is this? And then I was like, wait a minute. What's, what? Oh, my God. It's just the worst thing. It looked like someone was wearing, like. I don't know, scrubs or something? It was bad. Uh, the Dan wants to know, why God? Why?
1: Um, I'm going to assume this is about... I'm going to assume it's about injuries is my oh, guess. Oh, okay. I, I'm going to... Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. That's my guess, uh, at least. Because baseball. Yeah, because baseball is a cruel beast. Damn. It is a cruel mistress.
0: Indeed. Um, Tracy wants to know come on man what are we doing out here man
1: I don't know man I don't know I just don't know uh, This is some an, days some days I feel like we're just nowhere
0: nice good pull
1: um, is it just me or does Brian Goodwin look like Dinard's fan
0: oh my god I have said this to multiple people some of which have called me crazy before coming around to it uh, I completely agree
1: he looks You've like not a young... said it to me. He... No, I have not said it to you. Uh, How have you not said it to me? I don't know.
0: I don't have any idea. Okay. Uh, but he looks like a younger Gennard's fan. Yeah. Without a qu There's no doubt. Oh, God. I'd love that you said that. Uh, Steve wants to know, best 90s one-hit wonder? There's no way to answer that question. There are uh, two
1: It's got to be two princes. Nice. All right, that's good. Um... Or counting blue cars. Oh, nice. Um...
0: Beth Richardson wants to know who will be the Nets unexpected hero of the player uh, I'm sorry unexpected hero of the playoffs and who would you like to be the unexpected hero of the playoffs
1: I would like every single player to be the unexpected yeah, hero good answer <laughs> who do you think it will be I think it will be Danny Espinoza. Damn it
0: that was going to be my answer
1: Of course it was Um
0: I'm going to say uh I think it's gonna i think it's going to be I, i've got to stick with daniel Espinosa because it's okay. actually my answer but i want it to be ryan zimmerman yeah um beard says this was a nice one not a question but thank you for creating a great show together every week and for putting up with beards nonsense thank you Beard. Aww, that was oh shucks nice. Uh, Emily says, do you think Loby and Severino will be, uh, how do you think Loby and Severino will be used to fill a catcher spot with Ramos's injury? I think we covered that a little bit earlier. Yep. Um, <laughs> Frank asks, Marv Levy has a question. Where would you rather be than right here? Right now? Never. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Fang says, if you could watch or listen to baseball in any foreign language, what language would it be?
1: Uh, Andres Contor, uh, in Spanish. Okay. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, Ryan Sullivan asks. Oh, real quick, real quick. I do want to say, uh, John Fang sent us an email and it was very touching and wonderful. And with his permission, I'd like to screenshot it and share it from our Twitter account. So let us know. Yes, absolutely. Um,
0: Ryan Sullivan asks, "What are we drinking? How is Craig feeling? And why why don't we follow natsgm. dot com? And your guess as to surprise playoff MVP, which we just talked about?
1: Okay. So, Joe, why don't you start with the drinking?
0: I am drinking a Yingling
1: Oktoberfest. Oh, nice. How is it? I actually like it. I think it's quite yeah. tasty. Oh, that's good. Yeah,
0: not bad. I I don't often uh, grab it, but it was. The best op- option at my local establishment this week, so oh, well, there I, you go.
1: didn't go to the way so oh uh, yeah
0: yeah that'll do. yeah, what about you?
1: Uh, I'm drinking a main spicy ginger brew, it is a soda and it is a it is for someone who is suffering from a gastrointestinal issue <laughs> who is having stomach issues
0: nice, so gingery goodness.
1: Yes, so that is what I am drinking. I have had one beer in the last three weeks. And how you were feeling. You answered two questions. Uh, Not great because of said issue. Indeed. Well... Thank you for asking. Uh, We do not follow that account because you have 15 accounts. (laughs) Yes.
0: That (laughs) is accurate.
1: There is literally Nats GM, the Nats GM, NatsGM.com, the NatsGM show, Nats GM show, the <laughs> Nats Nats slash wrestling. This is wrestling. Nats GM show. This is Ryan exactly. Sullivan's Nats GM show. Ryan Sullivan, Joshua Kuznick, Nats you, GM wrestling show. And Ryan, you're welcome for all of Ryan's these plays. Nats GM show.
0: <laughs> and on that note, Fang said that we can screenshot the email and post at the earliest convenience. So that will be up on, in our timeline at Nats talk on the go on Twitter. Uh, Fang, uh, I'm sorry, I were to Frank. Uh, I pulled this earlier. Is Dusty Baker the best manager the Nats have ever had? I say yes. And Frank Robinson. Because the timing. But in terms of actual managing, it's Dusty.
1: Yeah, I would say... So far, it's Dusty. Yeah. Um, I need to give it more time, though, to be sure. But... I, there's, there's not a lot of better options.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the Nats have not had a lot of managerial success. So no, um, it's, I mean, it's basically Frank, Dusty or Davey. Th- those are your options to choose right. from. Um, and I think Dusty's definitely the best option of that after almost a year. So what does that mean? I don't know. Yeah. So um,
1: by default, yes. <laughs>
0: Yo Johan asks a question that's a little different than the one has been asked a couple times, so I want to bring it up again. Um, who do we think the MVP of the NLDS needs... Uh, God, I can't read questions today. Who do you think will need to be the MVP of the NLDS in order for the Nats to win? Not who we think it will be, or who we want it to be, but who do we
1: think it needs to be? It needs to be Bryce Harper. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes is the answer. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper needs to be Bryce Harper. Yeah. Uh, he uh, needs to be the Bryce Harper that played against the giants in the DS in uh, 14. Yep. Yeah. It
0: has where he took hard.
1: Hunter Strickland yard just insanely.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I, th- I completely agree. Completely agree. If we see Bryce Harper, the team will line up behind him in formation Beyonce style. Yeah, nice. um, Dude, that's as topical as we get. That, that's that's more topical than I even possibly could understand. It's like four months old, but that's like yeah, I super st- close. I still don't know it.
0: Jonathan wants to know, what is the largest land mammal you could
1: take in a fight? Dumbo. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's a fight. I thought it said in flight. <laughs> <laughs> in a fight. This is almost like the, uh, what would you rather fight? Like a duck, like a... A hundred horse-sized ducks, or a hundred, you, you know, that, yeah, duck-sized size horses, horses yeah. or uh, a horse-sized duck.
0: I'm going with none of them because I do not fight.
1: That's um, a what is it, a mammal? A mammal. A largest land mammal. I mean, do I have choices? Like, what's a mammal? Like, I know what a mammal is <laughs> okay, by definition, uh, but uh, like, are we, like,
0: I would need a list. Con- contemplate it. Well, we'll you could bring it up later if you want. I would need a list. Uh, <laughs> Josh asks, not a question, but more of an apology for the rain. Uh, trying, uh, really trying to make it stop here. We really appreciate it, Josh. Friend of the Damn show. it, Josh. Um, Robert says, if the Nats lose to the Dodgers, is this a disappointing season? Good question. Yes. Yeah, I think it is too. I mean, it, there, there's a certain point to which, you know, you could have a great year and enjoy your regular season, but you got to win something at some point. And I'm not talking about like winning a World Series the first time you make it, but like like a series <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah. And after the year they had with Dusty Baker and, and the team, I, yeah, I think it would be a disappointment, even considering everything else. Yeah. Um, Joni asks, what the what is the smartest move by the Nats about uh, regarding Wilson Ramos?
1: Oh, I liked this question very much. Really, really good. Um, What is what is the smartest move? Yeah, what is the smartest move? I think the smartest move is re-offering the three years, thirty million dollar contract. That's a really good idea. That's
0: a really, really good idea. Um, We have another question related to this coming up. Uh, What do you think? I think, um, uh, I think offering him a competitive contract that adjusts for the injury. is fair, I think he will be offered a competitive contract. Um, I do not know about three thirty, but I really like that idea, and I think that uh rizzo would be i hadn't thought about that I think Rizzo would be smart to offer it, and Ramos would be smart to accept it I think I, so too i, I think uh, that getting... that became a that be, after the injury that becomes
1: a very very fair deal I think it absolutely becomes a fair deal. He's out most of the season next year, right. He's a catcher. Exactly. He needs to be on his, he needs to be crouching most of the year, most of the time. Yeah. So basically
0: you're paying, you're paying him to recover and then hoping that he recovers and you get him for two years. Right. I mean, and that's,
1: that is the best case scenario for him. Right. So you're basically offering him uh, a free year to recover. Exactly. And then two 15 per. Yep. Yeah. Uh, When you have no expectation. I think that's. Uh, I think that's incredibly fair, um, especially with the history, and he would be 31, 32. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a great idea. Um, I
0: hadn't thought about that, but that's a great idea. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, the related question from Carl is, a bit too early to discuss, but then that's Nats' chance of qualifying offer on Ramos with his injury, N- no. Because he you don't do a qualifying offer for a guy who's really not going to play next year.
1: No, yeah. and so yeah, that would be make, just. It doesn't just make dumb. any sense.
0: They're either going to try and get some sort of medium term, short to medium term deal, or he's going to not be back on the team, I think. Uh, Dan Guzman asks, uh, says and asks, today is the fifth anniversary of the crazy end of the 2011 season, a.k.a. game 162, when the Red Sox and Braves collapsed. What are your memories of that day, and do you agree that it is the best ever regular season day of baseball?
1: That was uh, probably the best baseball, like fifteen minutes I've ever seen.
0: No doubt. Yeah, I I remember sitting in my apartment, on the couch, uh, with one game on the TV, one game on my iPad, and one game on my laptop, and I was watching all three of them at the same time. It was it was insane. I've never I've never to this date seen anything like that before. I think. There's a really good chance it was the best single day of baseball, regular season
1: baseball ever. Yes. It was amazing. It It was was... so
0: good they changed how they do game 162 in Major League Baseball so all teams could play at the same time. So they might be able to
1: replicate it again someday. That's how good it was. Yeah, and it was, I want to say it was the last year before they added the wild card play-in game. Yes, you're right, it
0: was. Good call. I Um, forgot
1: about that. Yeah, so... And it was, like, everyone was saying, oh, they really went out with a bang. Uh, who needs game 163? Who needs the play-in game? you got such excitement like this. And everyone was like, well, shut up, because this has never happened before. Right. Um, but, yeah, I remember watching, I think it was uh, Orioles-Red Sox. That, that was the game. Um, And Jonathan Papelbon blew the save. Yeah. Uh, Against the Orioles. And immediately flipped over to Tampa Yankees. I want to say it was Tampa the Yankees.
0: I don't remember. Yes, it was Tampa and the Yankees, definitely. And
1: was. I remember the the the, the Rays. The I the Devil Rays. No, it wasn't the Devil Rays. No, no, the Rays. Yeah, 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 the Rays. Because that was the year they. Uh, they dropped the devil. Yes, they um, they weren't devil anymore. Uh, they had gone down six nothing, early. David Price was pitching. They chipped away, chipped away, came back, and then within four minutes, I believe, of Papelbon blowing the save, Evan Longoria was it Evan Longoria yeah. hit a, I believe it was like a back of the wall scraper.
0: Yeah, it, it was like that it was in left field it was like right on the wall where like it's really shallow there and they have like a weird seating area where the wall is like way shorter than anywhere else and it just like yep. went
1: over the wall yeah it was just awesome. a wall scraper yep. just barely got out and it was within like 5 minutes of each other i remember sitting on my couch it was like late and i just remember freaking the fuck out yeah me too it was awesome definitely 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 the the greatest couple minutes of baseball yep. I remember seeing. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yep. Um,
0: what Jen wants to know: What is your favorite promo day this year, and is there anything we want to see next season?
1: Did I have a fun promo this year? Did I? I, I liked
0: the the Shores No Hitter one. That uh, the sures of No Hitter bobblehead was great. The
1: the pair the the the, the two bobbleheads that was a cool yeah. idea. Um. I'm always a big fan of the the theme days. Uh, I think those are fun. The Star Wars days. I wish there were more. Yeah. Like yeah. quirky days where people can dress up. And yeah. It's, fun it makes things. it fun. Like I would love a taco day. Oh, taco day. You know, come dressed as a taco or something. I don't know. Uh, taco day. Jesus. I don't know. Uh, I would like uh, just more goofy. I, I like the minor league shenanigans ones. Yeah, me too. Me too. The goofy ones. So. I like away, more. Of that they're giving away Democratic Party and
0: Republican Party bottleheads coming up. Yeah. At Nats yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday. It's, it's topical, at least. Yeah. Um, Leroy, as <laughs> I just said, Leroy, because his name's Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> um, as a Nats fan who lives a few states away, what is a must-see homestand next year? That's a
1: good question. Must-see homestand.
0: Yeah. So, lives a few states away, what homestand should he come for next year? I didn't even think to look at a schedule for this.
1: Uh, I haven't looked at the schedule. Do we know who the interleague rotation is? Central? No? I think it's AL Central? If it's Central, uh, when the Rangers come to town. Actually, yeah, Rangers. Yeah, it is Rangers,
0: but uh, yeah, th- I, it, it is Central because I remember being like, oh, because then Desmond's going to come to town, but he's probably not going to be on the Rangers
1: anymore. Uh, yeah, probably not. Depending on who's on the Rangers, but you want to see you, Darvish for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. Uh,
1: the the Rangers are still have a stacked team. I'm yeah, sure they'll be good. Yeah, they're gonna win the AL this year. So, uh, Guzman wants
0: to know what's the worst na- worst weather Nats game you attended? Uh, I believe mine was the same as his.
1: Yeah, uh, uh,
0: several people. I think Johan said the same thing.
1: Uh, the Randy Johnson uh, 300th game out. Right yeah. Which I believe I've discussed at length on this show. Yeah, mine was opening day, 2011. Um, it
0: was the uh, Nats are playing the Braves. I went. Uh, Levon Hernandez was starting. I went with my uh, stepdad. It was like 45 degrees and drizzling. Ooh. It was brutal. Boo. My stepdad looked like the Morton's fisherman.
1: Nice.
0: Um, but he was warm and I was freezing.
1: So it worked So he looked like Josh Lyman hungover after a bachelor party. Perfect. Except in blue, but yes. Oh,
0: nice. Uh, Beard wants to know, why is Elizabeth so angry? And I wish I had time to to read this, but we are... God, it was amazing. You should. We have to to move on and wrap this thing up. Um, Carl says, do you think it's fair to blame Matt Williams for Buffalo's torn ACL?
1: In fairness, he was 90 feet away. That's pretty funny.
0: That Uh, is
1: pretty funny. He... uh, that uh, for those of you that don't follow Mina from the Nats blog, just follow her. Just M A D D C eight. Follow it yes. at that. She is very uh, good. She had a great tweet about Matt Williams the other day. So yeah, uh, just I follow her.
0: You should. Uh, the last question we have is from Emily uh, about uh, Ramos' off season, which we've hit. So thank you guys for getting the questions in. We appreciate it. That was a uh... Was a, another fun list of questions and and good thing good thinkers as well.
1: Oh, yeah, we're not talking about Tebow's home run. No, we're not, I'm not talking about that.
0: Um, so we've got one more thing to talk about, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, our big uh, playoff announcement. Why don't you go? Why don't you go crazy? Okay, so we are going to do something we've never done before. Uh, I'm and... going to put in
0: a caveat. We're going to do our best to do something we've Fair. never done before. Just want to Fair. throw that
1: mini caveat in there. Fair. Uh we are going to do our best. We are going to endeavor to uh come to you live after every single Nationals playoff game, win or lose, for a mini live stream podcast.
0: Yeah, so it will be obviously a condensed version of the show. There if we haven't figured out the details about about if we're going to do anything related to questions, but they are going to be mini-episodes. They're, they're not going to be hour, hour, and 15 minutes after every show, but uh, at least during the postseason, after every game, we'll, we'll end up in your podcast feeds uh, a few times a series or several times a series uh, is our goal. Um, and
1: based on the way our system is set up, it will be on our YouTube, but we... I would say most likely will not do questions
0: yeah it would be it would be pretty difficult to be able to do questions, uh, and the only reason that I say we were, we will be doing our best too is we will try to sometimes we could have streaming issues or if either of us are you know at any of these games, it might be difficult to get it done right after the game, yeah. so we w- are going to make the best effort and best
1: accommodation to to do that um, yeah, and it all depends on how the game goes and you know what happens if there's you know, big things that happen that, you know, people have a lot of questions about or we have specific things we want to talk about, you know, we're not setting rules. We're just going to, you know, kind of yeah. play it by ear and see how it goes. Maybe one episode is 30 minutes, maybe one's 10. Who yeah, knows? exactly. And hopefully and... we're doing it for a long time. Hopefully we're doing this every night or two for, uh, for a month. exactly. Exactly. Uh,
0: we're really excited to do it. Hopefully you guys will tune in and join us. But if you're not able to tune in live, then uh, it will end up in your podcast feeds after the game as soon as we possibly can get it up there.
1: That's right. That'll you be heard fun. it here. It'll be live, it. post-game, Nets Talk on the Go, playoff edition. It will very much be live to tape. Yep. We will, uh, we will have one more show, a playoff preview, um, next week, midweek, before... Uh, maybe we'll do it prior to the series starting we'll see yeah
0: we'll, we'll do our best out. to do it to do it right before the series starts but it'll also depend on what the wild card game situation looks like at that point so we'll have to kind of play it by ear a little bit because if it ends up being crazy and a wild card situation we might have to move it to later in the week so we'll see how that goes um anything else greg before we wrap up this long episode of nat's talk on the go nope i'm good all right Uh, So thank you all for listening. Thanks for bearing with our uh, different format this week. We appreciate it. And uh, hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. We will talk to you guys next week, and we will chat for a few minutes on the other side of the music.
1: Thanks for listening to Nat's Talk On The Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the Special Ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash ops. You can contact the guys at Nat's talk on, the go on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats!